Now walk your hands way out in front of you. Straighten your legs. Bend your left knee. And bend. Now walk your hands right out in front of you. Straighten your legs. Bend your left knee. Stretch your right Now left. at 7 p.m. every Monday evening for Yazoo City Calling, an hour-long show of blues roots music from the early half of the 20th century. Your rotating hosts include myself, Morgan Drake, and the show's creator, Jerry Mack. Come check it out. Hopefully. Well, uh, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And a pretty crazy week of political and economic nonsense. I Looks like America got what it voted for last uh, November. Economic chaos, political gridlock, and a whole lot of rubbish. Uh, in spades. And Grover Norquist seems to be running America right now. Him and Count Chocula. And where this goes from here is anybody's guess. Obviously, the debt ceiling agreement averted the, quote, default problem, but it definitely... Well, yes and no, Yeah, <laughs> ultimately, because the... Uh, Stan Standard & Poor's took it upon themselves yeah. to, uh, and there was an excellent analogy on FSRN this afternoon. Um, somebody who follows these things very closely said that this is like uh, American Express card downgrading your credit limit because they heard you arguing over bills with your wife. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a very apt metaphor for what S&P did here. Very apt, and, and the thing is that it, it really was no surprise. They had warned about this actually several months ago when this uh, pseudo-crisis, this cr manufactured crisis Indeed. by the Republicans in Congress, uh, created this. Um, one of the things that I think has been lost in a lot of the debate about this is that uh, tax bills originate in the House of Representatives. So they're the body of Congress that's responsible for uh, producing enough revenue for the government to operate. And when you have a majority of a party, like the Republican Party, signing a pledge to Grover Norquist that they won't raise taxes under any circumstances, that's why you have these problems. And, of course, the reason that Standard & Poor's downgraded the, uh, you know, the debt uh, of the United States was that the deficit agreement, of course, came a day late and a dollar short, to borrow a metaphor. And, of course, today we saw another massive stock market 
mini crash uh, combined with uh, Thursday afternoon's events. Basically, you've seen a repeat of essentially what happened in uh, the fall of 2008 when Congress didn't pass the TARP right. initially. Um, the numbers are incredible. Uh, the Dow, NASDAQ, and uh, S&P were all down uh, the biggest drop since uh, <clears throat> the 1st of December of 2008. Um, the United States stock market is off to the worst start in August since 1890. Uh, biggest correction in the stock market over a five-day period, I think, since the early part of 1990 when Saddam Hussein uh, invaded Kuwait. So that was an international crisis that created a, a, a panic. Uh, the agreement itself is, I mean, it's it's another kick the can down the road. And, of course, what, you've, what you had here was, was Barack Obama wanted a big deal. I mean, just to talk briefly about the politics, Reed and Boehner wanted a deal. McConnell wanted to damage Obama. And the Tea Party, they wanted to damage the United States of America. And they've succeeded. Um, I think the word I heard today was $2 trillion dollars of American wealth wiped off the books. That's just today. And uh, probably another two trillion last Thursday. These are staggering uh, uh, retreats. And the irony of all of what happened today was that the the, the one asset that uh, the world seemed to be buying was American T-bills. Right. <laughs> Go figure, uh, that's what was downgraded. And as for the stock market, Gold went up to an all-time high, so I believe that, uh, I didn't see the final numbers, but at one point I saw on CNBC that pretty much only Procter & Gamble and Newmont were the only two companies in the S&P 500 that were not negative for the day. Staggering across the board. Retreats, and uh, with Congress out of session for another six weeks, uh, I have Let's no. Just see how far this slides, right? <laughs> see how far it's far it slides, and of course, part of the problem is, you know, the the, the package itself. Without going into the specifics of the sausage, um, it, it's this is just so pathetic. It's hardly worth uh, claiming victory, which John Boehner did. He said, "I got ninety eight percent of what I wanted. We'll give him a brain damage award." The brief uh, s summary of, of what was achieved here in this silly bill, which Obama, of course, was forced to sign because he didn't want uh, the actual default to occur, says the first phase of the agreement cuts $23 billion in fiscal 2012 um, to address a projected deficit of $1.1 trillion in a budget with outlays of $3.6 trillion. So these cuts are non-existent for all intents and purposes. And, of course, by kicking the can down the road is it sets up a, uh, a quote, self-imposed deadline in which um, Congress, and I'm quoting from an article here by Catherine Rampell uh, from... Uh, this past Friday, Congress has given uh, itself until January 15th to pass a proposal by the Joint Committee. Failing to meet that deadline, 
activates a sort of punishment, a budget plan that automatically cuts $1.2 trillion over the next decade. So that would involve basically um, $120 billion of immediate cuts that would, of course, pretty much be across the board. Um, it states that the cuts would be, quote, distributed relatively evenly over time. One, uh, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> One uh, professor from uh, Berkeley, California, said, I'm a skeptic about these kinds of things, said Alan Auerbach, an economics and law professor at UCAL Berkeley. You're sort of saying, I can't control myself, so I'm putting myself on this external mechanism to control myself. But I'm also in control of the external mechanism. This is Congress's job. This is one of the, uh, I think, failures. What we have fa here is a failure to communicate that I think Obama deserves some cr criticism on. He has, I think, uh, won the p temporary politics of this uh, fiasco, but I don't think he communicated to the American people clearly enough that this is Congress's job. This is what they're supposed to do. I seem to remember John Boehner reading the Constitution on the first day of Congress this past year. Yeah, they all broke it up into yeah. little pieces, and everybody read a little part. We'll uh, have to look back at that record and see uh, who read the thing about uh, Congress is the, uh, the the purse keeper. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, where Grover Norquist is mentioned in the Constitution is unclear to me. Then, of course, you have Leon Panetta. Uh, newly anointed Secretary of Defense, complaining uh, publicly in testimony um, before Congress the other day. He says that, uh, and this is by Elizabeth Boomeller, uh, Mr. Panetta was that defense had given up enough, about $350 billion of the $1 trillion over 10 years. To, that's $35 billion a year. That's inadequate. That's where the cuts need to be made. And, of course... You could triple that number and still... Yeah. ...not be close to where it needs to be. And this is what needs to happen. And uh, when, the, you know, he cited some uh, um, weapons systems that he will look at and the other reductions according to... Uh, you know, Panetta was sort of vague, but he said defense officials said that there would be, quote, reductions in major weapons programs, cuts in the size of the armed forces, and increased premiums for the military's health care system, TRICARE. Well, teachers have already had to face those increased Culture premiums and in insurance. Now, uh, even more... Uh in the balderdash department is Panetta's claim that uh, these cuts will essentially uh, do uh, cause endangerment to U.S. troops abroad. Well, the recent helicopter uh, crash uh, in Afghanistan shows that uh, the troops are endangered regardless of these cuts. And so, therefore, uh, there are other ways to make the troops safe. Yeah, um, and one wonders if they were maybe shot down by American-supplied Stinger missiles. Indeed. That Ronald Reagan was active, uh, so active in supplying to these Muslim radicals in Afghanistan. 
And, of course, Panetta falls uh, back on the old canard that, uh, oh, defense spending uh, is responsible for jobs. And so we need to spend a lot of money on defense so that people can keep those jobs. There are other things this country needs. Yeah. Uh, Many, many uh, goods and services are misappropriated uh, in this military funnel of, uh, it's just a black hole of spending. And, of course, when we here on Gray Matters, we've been talking about the deficits uh, problem down here since the start of the show in the late 80s. Uh, We knew that Ronald Reagan was up to uh, not generally accepted accounting principles and creating deficits with these massive tax cuts and uh, redistributing the wealth around the country. Oh, and he began the uh, phenomena of uh, raising military spending while cutting taxes. Yeah, and, of course... There were 17 uh, debt ceiling increases under the Reagan presidency, just for the record. So uh, the Tea Party... Where were they then? ...has been asleep at the switch, snoozing in Boston Harbor for quite some time. Apparently, uh, they only like to party, like it's 1773, every 200 years. Well, what those people think they're doing and what they're actually doing are, of course, very separate things. It's, It's really hard to believe that they think... This sort of, you know, we're going to put the hammer down. We're going to be fiscally responsible. Being truly fiscally responsible would be uh, taking in all possible uh, opportunities here to remedy the situation, such as raising taxes. Well, and an example of how dysfunctional... On those who can uh, most afford to uh, pay it. Yeah, and an example of how incredibly dysfunctional this Congress has been. Just, you know, over the past six weeks, they had a massive debate about the $4 billion that's given to oil companies in subsidies. And this was regarded as a, quote, tax increase if we make this cut. This is just outrageous uh, nonsense. And what is really needed, of course, is all of the medicine that the Tea Party, uh, there's no uh, spoonful of sugar while the medicine goes down. Uh, Mary Poppins, uh, I think, could run Congress better than the Tea Party. Uh, is is the more sensible idea. John Kerry, for instance, and ironically, uh, Senator K. Bailey Hutchinson, who's retiring from Texas, not running for re-election uh, in 2012, have proposed uh, back in March an infrastructure bank. This is what we need. That's exactly what we need. And the AFL-CIO is behind this. And this infrastructure bank would be... Um, There's your jobs. Yeah, it would uh, create a $30 billion bank that would invest in transportation projects alone. Uh, and this, of course, it deals with the infrastructure problems that the United States has that would immediately create jobs. And, of course, you know, lost... Certainly in a more immediate and tangible way than uh, military spending, which uh, leads only to more troubles elsewhere in the world. Yeah, and of course, what's interesting is you have a professional economist like Lawrence Summers, who served in the, both the Clinton and Obama administrations, noting that just a half-point uh, drop in growth, and this is sort of a traditional economic theory that I've always been a little skeptical of, but Summers is supposedly a math genius, so we'll use his numbers. A half-point decline in economic growth leads to deficits that go up a trillion dollars over 10 years, or $100 billion of lost revenue to the Mm -hmm. government. So 
the idea that we can grow our way out of this uh, situation, I think, is uh, a myth, misguided, and defies uh, recent American history over the past 80 years. Uh, recoveries have always been weaker than the previous recovery. And I always recommend uh, Floyd Norris. I didn't bring in some of his columns, but uh, I've been collecting Floyd Norris columns over the last uh, several years that show he's very good at looking at the 30-year, 40-year picture that demonstrates conclusively what happens and what needs to happen when you have these uh, economic uh, um, downturns that you cannot fight recessions or weak uh, economic growth with monetary policy alone. The government has to be more involved. It has to create the right incentives to create spending or investment. And this is the whole key, is that the Tea Party is, is, has taken over the debate in a disproportionate way that has not allowed our economy to even get out of this massive ditch that uh, Reaganomics and uh, Wankeronomics have created for us. And uh, I hate to use a expression from the Vietnam War, but there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Unless, of course, that light is the divine light of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which uh, was the big hope in Texas. <clears throat> uh, funny. Uh, hey, poor. Hey, poor. Jesus is here. That's right. <laughs> Governor Perry, Rick Perry, uh, who some are saying uh, could be the Republicans' best hope, regardless of his view on faith, led a big prayer meeting uh, drawing 30,000 to a Houston football stadium to pray for a nation in crisis. And he spoke for 10 minutes. And uh, article here in the Financial Times by Sheila McNulty. Highlight a few quotes from this here uh, with some ironic touches. Uh, Governor Perry says, I love this country deeply. Lord, you are the source of every good thing. You are our only hope. Well, Einstein famously observed that God doesn't play dice. God also does not interact in the affairs of nations, directly or indirectly. Uh, some quotes from some participants here. Uh, Lester McDougall, a corrections department worker in Texas, is concerned for America the way we're losing touch with our creator, the way the economy is going, that uh, perhaps if we get right with God, things will get better. Uh, humorously, participants, and humorously is my insertion, not McNulty's word, uh, participants were encouraged to fast at this meeting, and only limited concessions were open resulting in long waits to buy a bottle of water or a bag of peanuts. Uh, of course, uh, you don't want to pray on an empty stomach. You uh, want a snack at the uh, facility here. Of course, uh, if you study the rise and development of capitalism, you know that it's very, from very early on, was very closely linked with uh, very specific... Uh, Christian ideology, mm -hmm. that whole idea of uh, the, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and uh, the sort of Calvinist approach that those who succeed uh, are automatically right with God and those who do not succeed are doomed to hell and failure and do not deserve your support. That's part and parcel of uh, the capitalist model, is certainly in its developmental years. 
So when Governor Perry observes at the closing of his uh, comments that uh, God's agenda is not a political agenda, he is a wise, wise God. He is wise enough not to be affiliated with any political party. And the crowd laughed in response because, of course, they know deep in their hearts that God is with them Yes, in their own new political party, which leads me to the mathematical equation, spiritual fervor plus political delusions divided by desperation equals the teabaggers. And, of course, what's ironic about uh, Perry and, and that whole prayer event in uh, Houston, I believe it was held in the, the baseball stadium there, um, is that, of course, the, the constituency that he's going after is, is the Bachman constituency. Right. Because she's a non-starter. Yeah. Running as a Christian, quote-unquote, with all sorts of bizarre um, notions about uh, God compels her to seek office sort of that uh, nonsense. And my husband can cure you of homosexuality with, with therapy, and, you know, she's made all kinds of bizarre... She signed some pledge regarding uh, slavery that, that I, I don't even want to get into because i got to keep the facts straight on it, but the, the long and the short of it was they used a uh, strange analogy in which they claimed that families under slavery were somehow better off than than they've been uh than they the back in slavery back in those days they were better off than they were in the 1960s and the creation of the quote-unquote welfare state it's mind-boggling um i certainly don't think that uh that's going to have any appeal at all outside of a very narrow segment of the republican party yeah and with bachman at 12 percent of the gop uh with palin uh nearby i don't know whether she's running or not but uh maybe she's she'll get her call from from god up there in alaska <laughs> he dwells in strange places Indeed. Well, I guess we can at least thank God that this uh, chaos has kept Rupert Murdoch out of the news for a couple of days. He's probably thanking God that that's the case. Uh, but speaking of God, let's stick with Texas for a while. Oh, yes. Um, because this article, uh, also by Sheila McNulty, who is uh, the Financial Times uh, correspondent from Houston, um, really speaks volumes about the delusional state of uh, the American people and the body politic here. Uh, the headline is, Texas declares power crisis as record heat boosts demand. And there are several examples here of that are just emblematic of why things are the way they are right now at this moment and how blind uh, the Republican and, and teabag uh, ideology is. So her article begins, Texas has declared its fifth energy emergency this year as soaring temperatures stretch supplies, pushing wholesale prices to the legal cap of $3,000 a megawatt, megawatt hour in the afternoon heat. Well, let's stop there for a second and say thank goodness for some degree of government regulations. Otherwise, these prices would have continued to roll up past $3,000 a megawatt hour. So, oh, but we don't want government regulation. Yeah, and what, what a pity that, uh, that there weren't some officials uh, at an energy company in California that could uh, jack up the rates on Texas and laugh about it. Indeed. If you, if you saw the Enron uh, yeah, let's, uh, Smartest Guys in the Room find uh, Dick documentary. Find uh, meeting notes on that one. Well, the next point is analysts say the threat of power outages in Houston, energy capital of the U.S., underlines the fragility of aging U.S. infrastructure. Oh, 
we don't want to invest in the infrastructure no. because that's socialism to take monies and spread them out in ways that benefit communities uh, in very simple uh, ways. Um, and uh, let's jump ahead in the article to this point. Um, the crisis follows three months of temperatures reaching 100 degrees Fahrenheit in February. The Electric Reliability uh, Council of Texas instituted rolling blackouts amid a winter freeze. Oh, but there's no climate shift. We've got a month of record heat. We have record cold temperatures in February. But, of course, climate shift is a left-wing conspiracy, and uh, we'll have none of it because... Jesus controls the world. Well, if that's so, maybe Jesus can help out with this record heat that's sweeping. Maybe they could pray for that. I don't know. Uh, well, I was listening to a baseball game last night on the radio since the Cleveland Indians were actually playing the Texas Rangers, and I actually heard the uh, Cleveland announcer mention, you know, at game time the temperature was 103 or something. And it was the 37th straight day of... Uh, of uh, temperatures over 100 degrees mm -hmm. in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, he noted, by the way, that the record was uh, actually 45 days. Uh, so they haven't quite set a record. Uh, interesting to note that the New York Times uh, commented that uh, in their weather section that New York City had its fifth hottest July on record. And two days during the month were actually all-time records for those dates. So there has been uh, considerable heat all around the country, um, but I guess my um, Marie Antoinette comment to the people of Texas is uh, make, let's make sure there, there are no federal bailouts for climate change deniers. Let them eat cake. Or ice cream in this case. <laughs> or sweat bullets. They're all about bullets down there in Texas, so sweating a few, uh, why not? And since Rick Perry has a mane of hair similar to John Kerry's uh, that can be used as a, what did he uh, jokingly say, that it could be used as a life raft, a floating, a flotation device yeah. uh, when drowning, uh, yeah, maybe Perry needs to be baptized with a gallon of vanilla ice cream. So you can keep it in the family, keep it in Texas, and keep it on the cool side. Well, and say praise the Lord, <laughs> and pass the chocolate syrup. You are listening, of course, to WCBN FM in Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming your way shortly. As uh, much to my uh, bewilderment, uh, Jerry Mack is in the house. And so stay tuned for some fine quality blues programming as a result. One wonders if the bridge on stadium is now doomed forever. If the money, we were told some months back that uh, monies had actually been uh, appropriated for that, uh, federal dollars for infrastructure uh, developments. Um, the Let's give the university a brain damage award for spending $20 million on HD screens for the stadium. I'm not sure what the percentage uh, of the funds that they'll kick in to repair a bridge. Largely damaged, I would say, by game traffic, or at least a high percentage of the heavy use that that bridge receives can be directly attributable to game traffic. Yeah, one wonders how, how many of those are paid for those signs. RVs uh, 
are supposed to be going over that bridge. Yeah. Of course, this will be two football seasons in a row coming up with uh, one lane in each direction on that bridge. I, it's going to fall eventually, folks. Well, and, and look what U of M spent on the the band practice field over at Elbel Field. Right. U of M does prove over and over, by the way, that spending money creates jobs. Indeed. Uh, these are temporary jobs in some cases. They're, uh, they go out to contractors uh, generally in the area. Um, but um, there is amazing turf over there at Elbel Field. Yeah, much to the chagrin of uh, those of us who enjoy a game of roller hockey. Yeah, the roller get. hockey might, might have to move. It's, I, uh, I gave him a brain damage award for that last week. That's, oh, okay. That's unfair. Yeah, I was out of town. Uh, of course, the government shutdown uh, didn't happen. But it's interesting to note back in uh, May of 2006, and I always save these weird clippings about the strange things that go on in this country, uh, a government an uh, analysis, this is dated uh, from the AP, the 5th of uh, May, 2006, a government analysis of more than 100 soft drinks and other beverages turned up five with levels of cancer-causing benzene that exceeded federal drinking water standards, according to the FDA, uh, said on Friday. And they note that the five uh, drinks listed by the government were Safeway Select Diet Orange, Crushed Pineapple, Aqua Cal Strawberry Flavored Water Beverage. Oh, you'd never taste the benzene in that. <laughs> Crystal Light, Sunrise, Classic Orange, and Giant Light Cranberry Juice Cocktail. Now, I note that from sort of the geography of some of those products, that this probably is a California situation, but certainly contaminated drinking water uh, needs to be of great concern to all Americans. Remember the Superfund? And let's remember the, uh, the some of this natural gas uh, stuff that's going yeah. on uh, around the country with the ever-thirsty uh, desire for more energy, more fossil fuel, uh, lots of very interesting water contamination issues uh, regarding um, this uh, shale uh, fracting that's going on. I think there needs to be far more in real investigation and analysis, scientific analysis of the validity of this uh, practice of pumping water into the, into the earth to enhance this fracking uh, procedure involving shale. Um, I'm all in favor of... Uh, domestic energy production, but if it comes with the uh, side benefit, according to the industry, or the uh, actual harmful effect that it's going to contaminate our drinking water, um, that Maybe it's not such a good idea. It doesn't sound like a good deal to me. <laughs> but it's cheap. It's cheap. Drill, baby, drill. Okay, but uh, let's drill, baby, drill, uh, provided it, it, it uh, makes sense in, in, in the sane perspective. Yeah, sane, baby, sane. <laughs> sane drilling, sane drilling. Looks like we're uh, being given the uh, high sign here. So we'd like to thank Andrew for engineering, and uh, do stay tuned. Uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on this fine station, WCBN FM Ann Arbor.